Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you listen daily, you know that my voice is about gone. (laughs) This is not my normal voice. My normal voice is uh, more baritone, deeper, richer, and uh, more listenable, if that's a word. Fred Jackson, good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Uh, You're soldiering on there. Yeah, I don't know. I woke up this morning like this, and uh, I don't know. I don't have a fever, so you guys don't have to worry. I'm not sneezing or anything like that. It's just uh, the weather whiplash we're experiencing. Sure. Is wreaking havoc on my on my uh, on boy boys Chris, what, Chris Woodward. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. <laughs> and so I've asked we asked Brother Steve to come in early. Steve Jordan. Good morning, Steve. Yes, I've been lifting weights <clears throat> just to get in does shape. That ha- does that help your voice? <laughs> no. Oh. You know, actually, um, I hear fairly regularly. Oh, you have a radio voice. Um, I wanted to do some voice work, so I sent my uh, tape of my voice to some people that do like a radio like character stuff right they said your voice is nothing special we were looking for character voices that have you know a little bit of you know not just Mm -hmm. the voice you might be a good character voice right now you mean that one this one right here you might have work in your future if you wanted to well i don't know but how would i (laughs) i don't know how i would do this i don't I don't like this. Uh, all right, so Gary Bauer's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Is that yeah, right? Our good friend Gary Bauer from Washington, D.C. is going to be along with us in about 25 minutes or so. And uh, filling us in, there's so much news going on. Supreme Court decision yesterday on Title 42 uh, and other things going on with our border. And also the revelations from Twitter continue, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just learning more and more about how the FBI was in bed with the former owners of Twitter and what that meant as far as the American people getting accurate information. Yeah. Yeah, a lot to talk about today. Again, Gary Bauer will be with us at the bottom of the hour. I don't know if I will be. <laughs> we're just going to have to see how it goes here. Go ahead, Chris. Well, uh, let's begin with just kind of a, a recap of uh, what's been going on there in Buffalo. Uh, they're still dealing with that uh, heavy snowfall um, from several days ago. Uh, and as Steve Tiber, our friend Steve Tiber of Eight Days of Hope, he lives in Buffalo, pointed out yesterday, uh, temperatures are going to warm back up, and that's very good news. The bad news, and this is what we're focusing on today going forward, is the fact that all that melting snow is going to create some flooding concerns. Um, nationally, we're looking at approximately 65 dead from the winter weather, uh, around 35 there in Buffalo, but uh, they're expecting to find more bodies in the coming days. More bodies? Wow. You mean like in cars and stuff? Yes, homes, uh, snow oh, yeah. banks. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's tough. We're starting to get some of the individual stories that just amplify the, the tragedy uh, that has occurred in Buffalo uh, as a result of the weather there. There's a story in the Associated Press. It's on our website, AFN.net, this morning about an elderly lady who had a machine that helps her breathe, but her house lost power. She was able to contact some family members. They go, and by the time they get there through the snow, uh, she's almost lost consciousness. And uh, 
they obviously have to try to remove her from the building. They go to the door of a neighbor who, I mean, these are complete strangers. The neighbor says, come on in. But they were not able to resuscitate their mom. So we're going to get stories like this over and over and over again. You know, in some places in the country, if you lose power for a few days in the summertime, you know, uh, okay, you can manage. Uh, But when you're talking about, uh, I think Steve Tiber yesterday was talking about with wind chill factors minus 25 or so, you lose power and you're depending on electricity to heat your house. Uh, that is an extremely dangerous situation. So I'm afraid, as as Chris has just been saying, as the snow melts, people, the authorities start more door knocking to see how people are doing. Uh, snow drifts begin to recede a bit, and they find cars. I was looking at some video from Buffalo this morning. They had a, a machine out that was lifting cars out of the way so that snow plows could go down streets. So they have to go in with a, it was a forklift. <laughs> they lift these cars out of the way, cars that had been abandoned uh, because of what was going on there. So lifting them out of the way to get the snow plows to clear the streets so they can get into communities. As Steve told us yesterday, there were whole neighborhoods that haven't been touched yet with the snow plow. These are people that can't get out anywhere. Yeah, I um, I have been in, uh, blizzard conditions um, that <laughs> whiteout conditions. It is difficult to to get around. I don't. A lot of people didn't uh, leave their house. Were lost their lives in their houses. A lot of people were in cars. Um, but it, it you have no idea how disorienting it can be. I missed a building. Uh, thankfully, the wind let it up for just a minute, so I could see the building I was aiming for. I was off by twenty yards. Would have walked. Out to the who knows where, maybe is, my is this in Colorado Springs. In Colorado Springs, yeah. Um, the other thing I'm thinking of, and I, I, there is, we don't know yet, do we, about these power stations that have been attacked um, and shot up? And I'm just thinking, if if someone really wanted to wreak havoc, combining a real cold weather event with shutting down a power station. Uh, but don't give them any ideas. I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas, but I, I think already our government yeah. and people are saying we need to secure those power stations a little bit better. Yeah, The one you're referring to is the Washington State. That's the most recent ones where we had four. Fred posted that story on our website right. yesterday, AFN.net. I'll share the link here in a second. Uh, and the Washington State substation attacks follow similar incidents in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reading a story yesterday um, very tragic story talking about what you're talking about, Fred, and what you experienced in Colorado Springs. Uh, There was this young lady, and she was actually from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, She was a nurse there. uh, She was 23 years old. I don't know if she was in nursing school or what in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And she started home, and I don't know how far her house was from the hospital, but got caught in this blizzard and um, sent a video and had made some phone calls to a friend or two. And I don't know, I couldn't tell people where she was exactly. And the blizzard just increased. And I'm sad to say she lost her life. Yes. You know, it got trapped in her car for like 18 hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
but I just, when I was seeing, I was thinking about, well, you know, you naturally ask the question, well, why did you even go out in that? Right. I mean, we all think that, but then, um, if you, if you only have 15 minutes to get to your house, to your destination, and it isn't that bad yet, then you think, well, I can make that. I can make it home. But then you get out five, ten minutes down the road, and then the blizzard hits. Yep. Right, Steve? Oh, man. And then it's blinding, and then you get disoriented, as you say, <clears throat> and then you're by yourself, and you don't know what to do. And that that's how this happens. I yeah. was uh, – it was a Sunday. I was heading to church. I was supposed to be singing on the praise team at church. Um, it was – Fairly bad on the way to church. We got to church, and they had canceled the service. I got to church probably 7.30 we, and parked my Jeep. We could not even find the Jeep or find a way to get out until 3 that afternoon. <laughs> That's how long it blew and how hard it blew. We couldn't get out of that building until 3 in the afternoon. That's mm-hmm. Now, I have been caught in um, thunderstorms. I remember... When I was probably 25 years old, I distinctively distinctively remember at night on a two-lane highway, uh, and this was back before you had cell phones and radars. And Well, you had radars, but you didn't have cell phones to warn you. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling home one night, and I got caught in a severe thunderstorm, rural area, dark, you know, complete darkness, all you could see was the yellow line on the side of the road yep. that kept you from going into a ditch or, you know, hitting somebody else head first, uh, head, uh, what am I saying? Head on. Uh, head on. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but with, st- with snow yeah. and a blizzard, you can't even see the yellow oh. line on the side of the road. So Very dangerous. Very tragic. You said 60-plus uh, people, Chris, nationally. Nationally, uh, around 65. It's going to vary depending that, on the so news outlet we know, that yeah, That's yes. how many we victims that we know mm-hmm. so far. Most of the victims uh, appear to be in the Buffalo area. Yeah. Uh, but uh, don't want to leave anybody else out. I know a lot of other families, uh, churches and whatnot, are hurting from having lost loved ones uh, yeah. over the Christmas holiday break. All right, you're listening to Today's Issues. I'm Tim with Chris, Fred, and Steve, four of us here. We thank you for listening. Uh, uh, Fred, you want to tell folks how they can watch on the Internet? Absolutely. Uh, you can just uh, go to our streaming. Uh, we stream these programs uh, live, and you can do that right now. And uh, it's it's uh, streaming.afa.net. Mm-hmm. All right, streaming.afa.net. Uh, Facebook also uh, is available to you. So if you want to watch the crew, uh, you can do that. And uh, and that's uh, and the the FBI has communicated to Facebook that it's okay. <laughs> that's right. That's that's that, right. That we are we've been cleared. That's right uh, to be on uh, Facebook Live. There. The the <laughs> information that we give about COVID is accurate. Apparently, the FBI has decided. I, it's okay. I guess, <laughs> or they're or they're asking people to take notes so that yeah. they can get us <laughs> find yeah. a way to get us off. All right, uh, Chris. Next story. Uh, the uh, you can read about this on our website as well. I'll share the link here in just a second. Uh, but the Supreme Court dealt the Biden administration another blow on Tuesday. Uh, when they said the Biden administration's border policies, uh, specifically Title 42, have to remain in place indefinitely. 
Uh, in its ruling Tuesday, the Supreme Court extended a temporary stay that Chief Justice John Roberts issued last week. And under the court's order, the case will be argued in February, and the stay will be maintained until the justices decide the case. In the meantime, a lot of people, particularly those in office, are uh, using this opportunity to say, hey, we're still going to have problems, uh, even with 42 in place for the time being. For example, I've got some audio here of former Border Patrol Chief in El Paso and Tucson, Victor Manares Jr. Uh, he still uh, doesn't think uh, we're. He still thinks we're going to have problems, even with 42 in place. Clip 13. It's a good thing that Title 42 uh, remain in place because it's one of the few uh, tools that are left in the toolbox for the Border Patrol to actually provide a consequence for illegal entry. But it's it's fixing to get really bad uh, El pa- in El Paso and along the southwest border. The the most important thing uh, when we're looking at, at at the southern border is we have to stop treating this like a public nuisance issue. It's a national security issue. Yeah, that's very telling when he said it's it's uh, it's a national security issue that's going on down there, and a lot of people, you know, I, I was listening to another commentator on this on this subject uh, uh, this morning, and they were saying it used to be along our southern border, El Paso area particularly, if they encountered 50 people trying to get into the country on a given day, they thought that was a busy day. Now we're talking thousands, mm-hmm. thousands of people that are showing up at the border. I, I, this is just pure speculation. I think the Biden administration is breathing a little sigh of relief with this court decision yesterday because they were not ready. They were not ready because we know there are camps with thousands of people, uh, camps just on over the border in Mexico, that were waiting for 42 to go away. And then they were just going to flow across, and there was nothing that could be done. The camps down there, the the detention camps are already filled to the brim. There was one detention camp that I think was designed for 120 people, had 400 people in there. Well, they've got them in the El Paso airport. Yes. Too. I want to ask you, Chris, mm-hmm. can you properly explain what uh, the – what prop is it Prop 42? Title. Title 42. Title 42. What does uh, it do exactly? Okay. I'm going to pull or if you it up. can't, just make something up. <laughs> uh, like like much of the mainstream media. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I am reading uh, from an AP story that uh, the Associated or ABC uh, posted back in um, a few days ago. Uh, Title 42 is a reference to part of the U.S. Public Health Code. And according to advocates challenging the administration in court, its use violates federal and international law. The Title 42 process has allowed the U.S. to expel upward of 2 million migrants from the border, uh, including a surge of Haitian asylum seekers last year, Venezuelans who have been coming in larger numbers, and Mexicans who make up the bulk unauthorized uh, migrants in the southwest. It's it's basically a health issue. It's Mm -hmm. a health uh, title. So if you come across having to do with COVID, yes, they're using COVID. Actually, I don't think it was written for COVID. But if you came across Mm -hmm. with Ebola or you came across with any communicable disease, they could refuse entry. Correct. The phrase that is in Title Forty Two that's actually written in there allows the government to prevent the introduction of individuals during certain public health emergencies. Yes. And it was actually initiated when Donald Trump was president as because, you know, we were stopping 
uh, planes from a landing. Right. In we were in the country, middle of the pandemic. In the middle of the pandemic. So Title 42 uh, was put in place to stop this. But as I say, I believe the Biden administration was not ready for the thousands more. Isn't it ridiculous how the left, they honestly believe that if a person shows up at our southern border and just puts up their hand and says, I'm claiming asylum, where I live in Nicaragua or wherever the case may be, I am facing persecution. And if that person simply makes that declaration under existing law, they have to be led in the country. Yeah. Also, uh, with this claim of asylum, you're supposed to use that on the first country you come in contact with having left your country. Yes. For example, if you were to leave Nicaragua or Ecuador or some other Central American country and you go to Mexico, that's where you're supposed to claim asylum. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's – and so that's not what – that is not – that is not what is happening. People are coming from around the world now mm-hmm. that Biden has opened the floodgates. They're coming from around the world and they're coming to our border and they're claiming asylum for wherever they mm-hmm. may be coming from. Yes. So it's an abuse of the asylum mm-hmm. um, policy. But uh, yeah, yes. So you got a lot of people who are waiting, who are waiting. Now we're already being overrun. Yes. But this would have increased maybe five tenfold the number of people coming in had 42 been lifted yes. by the Supreme Court. So, again, and, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but uh, Biden and the Democrats, they want the country to be flooded and overrun. That's their desire. Any any words that to the contrary is only a pretense or only pretending they don't care if they cared they'd stop it mm-hmm. but they don't care and they haven't cared uh, and that's well biden says he's got more important things to do he's he's basically coming out and saying i don't i don't give a rip how many people come here and mayorkas his uh, secretary of um, his homeland security mm-hmm. guy he doesn't care and uh go ahead steve well i was just gonna say uh Privately, they may be rejoicing that this is who's they uh, the uh, government, the White House, and the right. Department of Homeland Security may be glad that this is in order because they're not ready. Just, everything is that uh, Fred said is true, but publicly, this is what they're saying. This is a statement from the Department of Homeland Security uh, about this order, um, and this is in the uh, this is speaking for Al, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas this is the secretary of homeland security saying as required by today's supreme court order the title 42 public health order will remain in effect and individuals who attempt to enter the united states unlawfully will continue to be expelled to mexico or to their home country people should not listen to the lies of smugglers who take advantage of vulnerable migrants putting lives at risk the border is not open, and we will continue to fully enforce our immigration laws. We will continue to manage the border, but we do so within the constraints of decades-old immigration system that everyone agrees is broken. We need Congress to pass the comprehensive immigration reform legislation President Biden proposed on the day he took office. Read that amnesty. Yeah. Well, and and you know, to prove our point that we've been making, the U.S. Census Bureau came out with its report for this year, 
2022, last week. Migration to this country, which usually, uh, I think, uh, Two years ago was around 300,000 had gone up, uh, population-wise across the country had gone up about 300,000. It was over a million this year. And they say it's a result of migration. It's not because a bunch of people have a bunch of babies. It's because of migration. So that's like 300% increase over normal years. That's what you're talking about. 200, 300%. So... Uh, Are you it, talking about legal? Uh, it, it actually didn't make the distinction. It, it doesn't make the This is the other thing. You know, the mainstream media calls them migrants because they don't want, uh, in fact, the Associated Press has, ban, has, uh, has banned the word illegal, illegals. All right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to use that term at all. So anybody who shows up at the border, whether they cross the border, you know, scoot across the border, whatever, is a migrant. They don't want to make that distinction anymore. But that's what's happening. Our border is not secure. And one of the things I'm looking forward to when Republicans take over the House next week, they say one of their first priorities is going to be hearings on what's going on our southern border. I am looking forward to Alejandro Mayorkas being called in. And unlike when the Democrats have controlled these committees over the last two years, you're going to have Republicans controlling the committees. And I think I've said this before. I want them to ask the question, Mr. Mayorkas, do you think our border is secure? Now, what he has said in the last couple of months is, yes, the border is secure. Then I want they, uh, to them to show Mayorkas video. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been allowed up to now. I want them to show him video of what's going on, and I dare him to say mm-hmm. our border is secure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> In fact, there's a there's a video of, well, I think it's a video, at least pictures of a meeting that he, Mayorkas, had with border uh, control. Yes. People in Texas. Mm-hmm. And one of them stood up because there's a low morale now. Oh. Because they're being overrun. They can't, and they're, and they're, mm-hmm. the, the cartels are going crazy uh doing what they want to do at will because our border security folks are tied up babysitting yes me the hundreds of thousands of people that are coming over the border and it's all they can do to you know mm-hmm. take care of these people in a uh you know feed them house them yeah i mean doing things that uh that they should that they didn't get hired to do they were hired to secure the border mm-hmm. uh so uh, but there's a picture, uh, and there's a. It talks about how this border security agent stood up to Mayorkas in a meeting and said, "How come you keep telling America that our border's secure when we all know it isn't?" Yes, and we all know it in this room, and yes. you're telling people that it's secure. So, and Democrats, <laughs> the Democrat mayor of El Paso uh, declared a state of emergency. Yeah, finally, in, he did. And you have Democrat members of Congress. Yeah. Down there who say, no, the border's not secure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break right here. Gary Bauer will be with us momentarily. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with more of today's issues in just a minute.
American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, in June and September of 2023. And we're going to have a wonderful time seeing Washington and seeing Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington. We're going to go there on the Saturday. We're there. Everywhere we go, Stephen McDowell will be giving us a talk on the Christian heritage of America. And that's very important, and it's lost in much of our popular culture today. But Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a dear brother and has been going with me on these tours for many, many years. I just wouldn't do it without him. He is just an invaluable source, if you will, of information. So we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and George Washington's Mount Vernon. And then we're also going to Jamestown, Williamsburg, and Yorktown. If you want to go with us, then go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. One of the most wonderful Christian ministries in the country is Operation Christmas Child. Hundreds of thousands of Americans fill shoeboxes with toys, personal hygiene products, and a message about the good news. Delivered to boys and girls in poor countries around the globe. But St. Lawrence College in Great Britain will no longer participate in the ministry sponsored by Samaritan's Purse. A humanist complained, saying Samaritan's Purse is homophobic, pointing out the ministry follows the Bible's teachings on human sexuality and marriage. Instead of defending Operation Christmas Child and the Holy Bible, the Christian college surrendered, saying they did not realize some people, like humanists, might take offense. You know, I can think of nothing more inhumane than a humanist who would deny a poor child a Christmas gift at Christmas time. My new book makes a great read, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available right now at ToddStearns.com. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27, 4. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues. Tim with uh, Fred, Chris, and Steve, we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. And we have a guest, don't we, uh, Fred? Absolutely. Our good friend Gary Bauer from uh, Washington, D.C., or thereabouts, uh, is joining us on the line right now. Gary, uh, good morning to you. 
Hey, uh, good morning to you all. What a uh, what a star-studded uh, group of people. I'm, <laughs> I might just hang on and let listen to you guys talk. I might learn something. <laughs> well, we, we get that a lot uh, here, uh, Gary, but we're we're humbled. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe I insulted you by saying you live in Washington D.C. You're in the uh, Virginia area, actually. So uh, I don't want to accuse you of living downtown Washington <laughs> in the swamp. In the swamp. I, I, I do my best to avoid breathing the poisoned air, but it's uh, it's very hard to do. The swamp needs missionaries. Yes. yes. <laughs> hey, Gary, uh, the um, uh, Republicans will be taking over the House of Representatives. When when does that start? Uh, well, uh, the, the swearing in is in early January, and uh, so uh, things should start uh, moving ar- well, around then, and we'll we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. We have high hopes, obviously. Number one, Kevin McCarthy will he be the Speaker of the House? And number two, what does it mean? What do you think the first two or three big agenda items will be? Of course, I say big agenda items. Uh, there aren't going to be any in terms of legislation because you got the Democrat-controlled Senate and you got a Democrat in the White House, so. Uh, the Republicans will just play defense there in the House, uh, but go, but go ahead and comment on those things. Yeah, so uh, I I think uh, McCarthy will end up being the speaker. Um, I you know I I'm not I'm not I am not upset that he's faced some challenges from his right uh, because I I think that uh, that that might uh, pull him or push him. Uh, to be tougher than he might have otherwise wanted to be, and if if there weren't some conservatives objecting, uh, then there might be some moderates trying to push him in the other direction. But I think when all is said and done, he will end up being elected uh, as the speaker. Um, on on what we will see done, look, it's it's important, I I think, for uh, the House Republicans to introduce uh, legislation that they may not think there's any chance can get through the system, if for no other reason than to force the Democrats in the House to vote on multiple different issues that might divide them and put them at odds with their own base. And then if that legislation is sent over to the Senate, uh, it may die there, but perhaps it can be offered as amendments or, or whatever. So I think we'll see some of that. I also hope and pray we see real uh, congressional oversight, which is something that the Congress is supposed to do. And, of course, we all know that there's been this uh, uh, frustration about why nothing's happened on the Hunter Biden laptop story. I I think we will see investigations into that, not because they want to go under after Hunter Biden, but because the laptop has implications for President Biden himself and whether he might have been compromised by communist China with some of these deals that his son made uh, over the years. But now we've we've got another oversight area, and, and that's the breaking news that we've learned in recent weeks about how elements of the Biden administration uh, pressured uh, big tech, uh, most notably Twitter, to censor conservatives, to censor dissenting voices. I think it's very possible that there's been a a violation of the First Amendment, which would have legal implications. And I I certainly hope and expect that the Republicans will do their best to get to the bottom of that in the House of Representatives. 
Yeah, Gary, uh, along that line, let's talk about what we're learning from these Twitter files. It is kind of scary uh, that all of a sudden uh, the administration, through the FBI primarily, uh, is basically operating like a third world country. And that is suppressing the information of political opponents for political reasons. It has nothing to do with accuracy of information or information that is dangerous for the public to hear. It's just that the FBI being used by as a tool by the Biden administration. Well, that's a good summary, Fred. Yeah, I mean, look, the First Amendment makes some people uncomfortable, unfortunately. Uh, the, the freedom of speech is specifically needed because of speech that might be unpopular. You don't have to have something in your Constitution that guarantees speech that everybody likes or everybody agrees with. There would be no threat to that speech. It's precisely speech that goes against the grain, speech that is critical of government, that we wanted, our founders wanted that First Amendment to ensure that we would be able to do that. And using this rhetoric we've been hearing increasingly in recent years, that, uh, well, oh, that speech might be aiding and abetting uh, enemies of the United States, or that speech may be misinformation, or somebody in government may decide that it's an outright lie. That's too bad, because the freedom of speech allows all of those things. The founders believed correctly that the only way we get to the truth is for open debate, and that means that people are wrong get to speak, as well as those that are right. Now, here's the irony, gentlemen. I know you understand this. What the people being censored were actually the ones telling the truth about COVID, about a number of other issues, and the speech that was being protected was actually in itself misinformation. So, yeah, this is a big deal, and it's not something that that uh, Republicans should be talked out of going after, because, you know, I've heard this line already, oh, well, the American people want the Republicans in the House to focus on, uh, you know, this particular program, or uh, making this thing better, or that thing better, or whatever. No, I mean, sure, they, they ought to do that, but protecting the Constitution of the United States, guaranteeing that we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the freedom of assembly, I can't think of anything more important than that. And uh, as we've learned more and more, including the fact of why in the world are FBI and former FBI and former CIA agents working at Twitter and all kinds of other social media companies. When did that become a logical career move to make if you left the FBI or left the CIA? So I think there's something even probably worse than we already know that's been happening, and we've just begun to peel the onion on what I think is a a major scandal. Yeah, Gary, the, the question is, if a scandal falls in the forest and the mainstream media doesn't uh, report on it, did it really happen? Yep, that, that is the question. And, I ha- uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I, I wanted to ask you this. Just uh, last week, the Republicans released a supplemental January 6th report where they said that 
the Democrats, the, everything you saw on the January 6th committee was highly choreographed. They didn't allow any dissenting opinions. It was basically a show. Um, and I want to know from you, what happens now when the Republicans take uh, the House? Are they going to continue the J6 committee with the people they want on it and expose it? Are they going to just let it drop? What's, what do you think is going to happen there? I think there's a debate going on about that behind the scenes. Um, you know, and I think you posed it exactly right. Can that January 6th commission or committee be turned into something that actually is useful by, you know, operating under normal rules that you would expect a fact-finding commission or committee to do? Or uh, should it just be um, you know, disbanded and uh, return to the regular committee structure of the House, um, whatever they end up deciding, uh, th- th- there's got to be further investigations into what was done to politicize this committee and use it again as a weapon in, in the presidential or in the congressional elections. You know, there's there's a, there's some polling data to indicate that this in my view, stupid theme that Biden used that somehow conservatives were a threat to our democracy or our constitutional republic, that that, that might have actually worked with a certain segment of the population and might have at least contributed in part uh, to the disappointing results that we saw. I, I, I think the January 6th committee needs their own reality show. <laughs> <laughs> They actually have been having No, one. I'm thinking like keeping up with the committee, yeah. like keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. sure. something like that. Sure. Follow them around. You know, I just think that I think the American public would eat that up. Adam Schiff just, just does not have enough FaceTime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking as to soon as we're finished talking, yeah. I'm going to call McCarthy and suggest that idea. I'm Bingo. Sure I'm just telling you, I, I, I have a sense about these things. And uh, All right, Chris, did you have a question for I did. Yeah, we were curious as to what you think about the uh, Supreme Court dealing the Biden administration another blow, uh, announcing Tuesday that Title 42 restrictions have to remain in place indefinitely. You know, I I, I may be in danger of becoming a cynic here. My my first, I mean, I was happy, obviously, but but after just a second or two, I thought to myself, so so what? Um, I mean, we already have. Yeah, sixteen thousand people crossing into the country. I think in the last weekend, with Title Forty Two still being in place. So, it would it get worse if it was repealed or suspended? It would, but we're already in a disaster that shows no sign of ending. And this is where the censorship comes in again. Most of the media. Uh, you know, unless you're listening to some shows on Fox News or uh, listening to American Family Radio or uh, other conservative uh, talk shows and so forth, the average American is not hearing the actual numbers, believe it or not. And there's already been some uh, studies on this where when you just ask somebody, well, how many people you think entered the country illegally last year? Most Americans give a number under 1 million when, you know, we're probably somewhere between 3 and 5 million, depending on 
uh, you know, some assumptions that one has to make. And when Americans find out that the number is that large, they immediately raise this as a priority and they want more uh, action to be taken. So it shows once again how the media blackout on this is affecting the ability to have good public policy. Gary, uh, uh, you know, I, I know you love our military and uh, respect uh, the patriotism that we have seen in our military through the years. But another problem with this administration is uh, the wokeness and what it's been doing, the COVID restrictions, tossing military people out because they wouldn't take a experimental vaccine. But I was reading something disturbing yesterday. We've heard the story about recruitment levels being down uh, dramatically in our military. And this story that came up yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, it says the Defense Department has for the first time allowed 700 recruits who had been diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder to join the military without a waiver. This is amazing that we're making these kinds of compromises. And I, I feel for folks uh, who are who have these medical problems. But on the other hand, we have to at least start with recruits that are healthy and that are ready to uh, to accept the, 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 the difficulties of going through boot camp and then training in, in highly sophisticated areas. Well, I, uh, I, I agree completely, uh, Fred. This is, um, you know, the American people for virtually our entire history have uh, elevated correctly the American military as one of the institutions that they retain trust in. And if you ask Americans today about a man or woman in uniform, they still have that trust in those brave individuals that volunteer to protect our country and our freedoms. But if you ask them about the institution of the military today, about the Pentagon leadership, about this, uh, what some call political correctness, I, you, you know, that's too nice of a word. I mean, it, it even woke doesn't really get it. These are idiotic policies. These are policies that are harmful to the United States. They divide our men and women in the military. They're making us weaker in a more and more dangerous world. So it's a, it's a huge problem. I may have shared with some of you guys in the past this my view about the, the vaccine issue. I think the reason they were kicking people out of the military over the vaccine it's because they knew that most of the objectors were, in fact, Christians that had theological reasons they didn't want to take the vaccine. And I believe the politically leftist uh, people that are have been embedded now into the Pentagon and over at the White House and every place else in Washington want Christians out of the military. And why would they want that? Because I think they feel... They may have to utilize the military for controversial purposes in the years ahead, and they don't believe that Christians might follow inappropriate orders that could be given to them. So we're in a very dangerous time in our country, and and I hope uh, that the new House of Representatives will be able to, at the very least, slow some of this down. Talking to Gary Bauer, uh 
Tim, Fred, Chris, and Steve here uh, in our studios in Tupelo. Gary's in the Washington, D.C. area. Hey, Gary, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, though. Um, what do you think about Governor Ron DeSantis uh, and what he's doing in Florida? Because uh, I think he's a, uh, a rising star in the Republican Party. Well, I, I, I certainly agree with you that he's a rising star. Um and uh, I, I assume he has a bright future ahead. Um, I don't know what that means for 2024. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of talk about uh, Governor DeSantis being a more effective standard bearer for the party um, after the brutal battles that, that Donald Trump has faced. Uh, uh, some folks feel that that uh, it, it won't be possible to elect him. Um, these are these are tough calls. Uh, I, I know that there are about eight million working class Americans of all races that Donald Trump was able to bring into the Republican Party. Uh, now, unfortunately, it appears that wasn't enough to offset some losses in the suburbs. Uh, but but nonetheless, Trump. Uh, brought in new people and gave us three Supreme Court justices that I I, I think uh, other Republican presidents can be um, admiring of because some of the previous Republican presidents weren't very careful about who they put on the court. So there's still a lot of affection for Trump. Uh, We'll have to see how it plays out, but I, I agree certainly that Ron DeSantis has shown himself to be a fighter and uh, has a bright future. Hey, Gary, take care. What is your, uh, uh, how do people, can they get your end of the day daily email synopsis? Well, thanks for asking. They can go to our, O-U-R, ouramericanvalues.org. All right. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Uh, You too. Great to be with you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Gary Bauer, Gary is very astute on political issues, and uh, and he he's uh, he knows what's going on. Almost sounds like he's writing an episode of Left Behind with the military thing there. You know, the Armageddon. Well, coming. that was <laughs> yeah. We'll be having back on uh, in the future to wow. Towards the end of his comments on our military, I, I think that's that's worth going back to where he belie- yeah. he believes it's his personal opinion. That the the government in the United States, the Biden administration, was going after those who refused to take the vaccination, primarily for their theological beliefs. It's not the first time I've heard that. It was a convenient way to purge. It was a convenient way to purge. But it's kind of scary what Gary said there. He kind of wrapped around it a little bit. So uh, he was saying to get rid of the uh, the Christians, the conservatives. In case the the Biden administration wants to use our military for purposes that they should not be using them. controversial purposes, I think. And I think I I think perhaps, and I'm speculating here, what Gary was alluding to, uh, using our military for domestic purposes, which is blatantly unconstitutional, totally unconstitutional. Yeah. Now I haven't heard Biden or the Democrats threaten that. Oh no. Not, not yet, not yet, not yeah. yet. But you know, I get, I get a little, a little concerned with the repeated over and over and over again 
threat to democracy, threat to democracy, ultra-nationalists. Yeah. We're hearing those phrases over and over and over again. Has has being, if you're a loyal American, all of a sudden you're a threat to the country. What yeah. are you talking about? I think you're right, and what Gary's talking about is there is a an attempt on the part of of some in the Democrat Party and liberal pundits and so forth to name call conservatives yes. and particularly Christian conservatives and uh, condition people to believe that we are a quote threat to democracy. And that often goes undefined. They just say, well, are are the deplorables, basket of deplorables? That's what Hillary Clinton said. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Biden says uh, ultra MAGAs. Mega MAGA. (laughs) Mega MAGA Republican. (laughs) Yeah, but the threat to democracy. So what you're trying to do is – condition the general public to think that that these that people like us are you, you should be able to do what you want to with them uh, you know fine them take away their privileges as americans uh i don't know n- not allow them to get loans at banks there's all way there's all kinds of ways that yeah. You could harass people yeah. or shut them down or ostracize them. Yeah, and this is not wild speculation. We need to we need to remind people what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia. Parents show up to express concern right. with a transgender policy that resulted in a boy who said he was a girl attacking a girl in a girl's washroom twice, right? twice, twice. The parents show up to express concern. What happens? The FBI gets involved, and, and, and these are domestic terrorists, these parents showing up. That's what they're called by yeah. the— And we did an interview with a mom's group, uh, the head of a mom, Liberty. Moms for Liberty last week, and she told us this is being repeated. Mm-hmm. Parents who show up to maybe express concern about a drag queen event mm-hmm. at a school or, or books at a public uh, or school library that you know, about uh, gay issues— these parents who show up at these meetings, she told us, are being getting phone calls from the FBI for simply showing up at a meeting expressing concern about what their kids are being exposed to at the school. So we're, this is not wild speculation we're talking about here. Yeah, but what Gary's talking about, yes, that's true. But I'm, uh, what I'm getting at and what you're talking about is the uh, groundwork is being made to try to convince the general public that people, if you can dehumanize them, yes, then you can do whatever you want to with them and against them to punish them. Yes. And um, that's, it, it would be, but he, Gary's talking about going far beyond, uh, let's say, censoring them from Twitter. Yes. Into, uh, well, I don't know what, but if you start using the military, Domestically, of course, that's again that's unconstitutional. But look what happened to that pro-life leader from Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, yeah. They show up at his house. Yeah, that's the FBI. FBI. That was the FBI, right? It's with guns, yes. with guns, surround the house. Yeah, I tell you, I hope that this new white, this new uh, Congress with yes. the Republican majority will 
shine some light on this, at least maybe the FBI will have to be stopped from doing these and these Twitter investigations. Mm-hmm. I think some of that, uh, I, I think re- voters uh, need to make sure like they hold their representatives feet to the fire because uh, Republicans have talked a big game the last couple of weeks. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Just wait. Uh, and, and as history shows recent history, even uh, when they get in there, someone in the room is like, well, we still have the next election to worry about. And we have the white house, of course. So um, it will be interesting to see whether or not a, uh, a Kevin McCarthy, a Jim Jordan and all these other people that are saying they're going to do these things, uh, Jim Jordan to make will. Sure they're following through because I, I would be shocked if somebody from the RNC or maybe the Senate election campaign fund or whatever it's called says, ah, we got to worry about 2026 or whatever. Yeah. Jim Jordan. Uh, I love that guy. He is a true fighter mm-hmm. from Ohio um, in the Republican. He's a Republican congressman. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> All right. We're going to take a short time out right here for news. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.